Welcome to TalkErie.com's Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast. Every day, we tackle the biggest issues that the Erie, PA region faces. Stay informed and involved as we advance the narrative of Erie. Now, here's Joel Natale. With Dr. Tony Rufa, we're going to talk about legalizing marijuana. Uh, uh, Dr. Rufa, Tony, I'm going to call you the rest of the show. Welcome. Thanks for coming on the Thank show. Thank you so much. And we've got former state senator Buzz Andrzejewski, who is a, a, an attorney. And uh, Buzz, thank you for being on the show. Glad to be here. Thanks uh, for having me. Boy, that voice, you know, it, 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 you, you know, don't you, forget you, it, do you? You never forget that. <laughs> yeah. you, how, how many times were you on television? Probably hundreds uh, of I, times. Uh, <laughs> Think about a lot, it. A lot of people <laughs> always say, you were on TV, right? Uh, <laughs> right. Well, I was on TV being interviewed. No, weren't you just one? Of, no, I wasn't one of the guys. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you could have you could have been uh, uh, mistaken for one of the anchors, right? But no. uh, yeah, he, he has a good story because he learned how to talk in what thirty seconds, Buzz. Well, I worked I, for Buzz yeah. when he was a state senator. I, uh, <laughs> Is that right? Uh, I had Heil Richman, who was the main anchor of Channel Twelve, once he interviewed me, and uh, so uh, in the middle of the interview, he said to his cameraman Joe, "He says, pack it up, we're leaving." All right, <laughs> and he left. And he turned around at the door and he says, hey, listen, kid, uh, you're a nice guy, but if you can't say it in 30 seconds, it ain't going on. <laughs> so so Heil pushed you to do the oh, soundbite. That's I amazing. Got, I got my doctorate in uh, television <laughs> at that point. Wow. And, and he's a legend. All right. <laughs> I, I want to set up this conversation here because uh, here is what was presented by uh, Senator Dan Laughlin and Senator Sharif Street back in October of 2021. And this is this is right off their, uh, Senator Laughlin's website. OK. Uh, State Senator Dan Laughlin and State Senator Sharif Street introduced bipartisan legislation this week to legalize the adult use of marijuana in Pennsylvania. This is back in October of 2021. 2021. The bill establishes rational and fair protocols for the legal sale, regulation, consumption, and taxation of cannabis while prioritizing safety, patients, community reinvestment, social and economic equity, and agriculture. And um, just to, uh, you know, here's the numbers that they're throwing out is more than 60% of Pennsylvanians support adult use marijuana legislation. The Pennsylvania Independent Fiscal Office says legislation or legalization, marijuana legalization. Legalization would generate between $400 million to $1 billion of new tax revenue for the Commonwealth and the existing prohibition of cannabis they're saying continues to negatively impact Pennsylvanians at a growing rates. There were 20,000 adults arrested for marijuana-related violations in the Commonwealth in 2020, an increase from 2019. Okay, so, so we basically have two pretty powerful state senators that, have, uh, that are advocating this adult use. We have a lieutenant governor who went to 67 counties and concluded that this was right for Pennsylvania. And so, Dr. Rufa, let's get started here, and let's kind of start, you know, getting the lay of the land. Go ahead. Great, Joel. Well, listen, um, you know, I, I, and I'm going to throw out facts, and everything that I have, I gave to you, Joel. You yeah. see the facts, you see the researches, you see the studies from Harvard to Yale. So I'm not throwing out personal opinions, okay? Right. Let me just establish where I'm coming from so that... Uh, those out there do not think that I am biased. Okay, 
I am obviously a Republican, so uh, it's nothing against Senator Laughlin. As a matter mm -hmm. of fact, I have supported him in the past. Mm -hmm. But Buzz is a Democrat, okay? So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the equity there. And I have referred as a physician people, not, not, not uh, prescribed it, but I have referred patients of mine, multiple patients, for medical marijuana. And again, let's reestablish that you are a family uh, I'm a family right? physician. Yes. So I, I have done that, you know, for people who've been, you know, pain, chronic pain, seizures. I have nothing against it. I think it's a great drug if it's used appropriately. So that's for the medical marijuana That's for the medical part. marijuana. Yes. Okay, right. go ahead. So, and I've referred people, not, 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 not prescribed it, but referred them to Mark Baker or to other doctors uh, in uh, the, the, the area that I'm at. I've been so familiar. are you refer you're referring to pain specialists? Is that no. what you There's an, When I worked for Lecom, which is yeah. a great place to work for, Dr. Yeah. Ferretti, um, you know, we had designated doctors who went and got certified, okay, oh. for this. And, you know, gotcha. Dr. McGarvey, Dr. Uh, Baker, those people. So I had a relationship with them, and I trusted them. And I knew okay. they would, if, 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 and they trusted me. If I referred, they knew it was a valid and bona fide referral. Sounds good. I've been a family physician for 35 years, but in addiction medicine for 30 years, and I was board certified during that time by the American Society of Addiction Medicine. I was the medical director at Glen Bay in Erie, owned by the Cleveland Clinic. Gateway, which was the um, program that the county used out at the old um, St. John Candy Prep. Uh, Northwest Drug and Alcohol Unit, which is not here anymore. And I was on staff at the Hammett Medical Center Drug and Alcohol Unit. And I owned and operated my own addiction medicine um, facility called New Hope Addiction Medicine. So I've seen thousands, tens of thousands of patients with addiction and you know I also in my background uh, have the benefit of working in, in government and legislative exposure. I, I worked for the White House under Ronald Reagan, I worked for a congressman and I worked probably the best job I had was for Buzz as a state senator legislative aide. I served as the chairman of the Erie County Board of Health and we banned indoor cigarette smoking at that time that went statewide. So mm -hmm. I'm coming from, I'm coming to this uh, conversation uh, as an objective physician who has clinical experience, but also has had patient lives involved. Can I ask you, when we talk about addiction medicine, just to be super clear, did you sometimes have to use additional medicine to get people off of opioids, like a methadone type of situation? My addiction clinic with New Hope basically involved mostly using Suboxone okay. to get people off opiates. But, you know, if they had alcohol, we used naltrexone, we used Vivitrol. If they had cocaine or meth, we used... So, so you were using... It was real medicine as opposed to just counseling or anything oh like no that. We, we we had what we did was we would treat them medically we would get them to counseling we'd get them to church because that is such an important as you see in the big book it's such yeah. an important part of spiritual healing and uh we were successful and we saved and you know for those of you that are out there i know you know but don't think that heroin addicts or opiate addicts or dependents are people who are, you know, in the street, homeless, and uh, don't have anything to eat. I've treated prison guards, teachers, politicians, not Buzz. Um, I, I, I've treated uh, funeral directors. I, I mean, people who are considered, you know, in a higher level of mm -hmm. occupation. Uh, police officers. Highly functional, Highly yet functional, addicted. Yet addicted. Yeah. yeah. And a lot, of them, a lot of them came off opiates because during that time, um, Orthopedic doctors, family doctors were yeah. putting people on opiates mm -hmm. like candy, and now 
everybody was just stopping it because at that time, when I was in medicine, um, doctors were getting called on the spot for prescribing opiates, and so everyone just stopped. And then everyone went. A lot of people went into withdrawal and went yeah. onto the street. Wow! You know, wow. so it was scary. It was a yes, scary time. Sure is. You know, and and the interesting thing about this is, yeah. here as doctors. You know, we're telling people don't smoke because it's not healthy. We're not prescribing you any opiates anymore because bottom line is, it, I mean, you know, mostly bottom line is, you know, they're addictive. But let's legalize marijuana, which is addictive, um, not medically, obviously. It's addictive medically, and, and that's fine that it's already been legislated, but let's, let's um, legislate it recreationally. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the difference. So anyway, I'm addressing Senator Laughlin's bill, and I know I talked to Shaney, and I said, please let Senator Laughlin know that we're going to talk about him and his bill. I thought that was only fair, you know, and, um, um, but to be honest with you, if you go through all the studies and research, Senator, or your staff person who's listening, marijuana and cannabis destroys lives. It destroys lives and we're going to go through statistics that show you that it destroys them medically it destroys them legally and it destroys families and I'm going to give you the statistics that you don't hear a lot of this stuff that you hear oh you know marijuana it's just your Woodstock marijuana you know in our day it was five percent you guys would just smoke grass you know that's what they called it right Buzz? yeah grass and it didn't have any effect and then you could smoke it and then get off it today's marijuana that was five percent today's marijuana goes from 25 percent all the way up to 98 percent thc and that that's what gets you high is the thc and addicted oh uh, and that's what gets you high yeah yeah I, obviously it gets you high and you know so let me and and, and buds this is where you can help me because you're a state senator but as you said joel senator street and Senator Laughlin, and I have to add, and I'm kind of surprised. Ryan Bizarro, I'm going to throw you in here. Brent Davis, I'm going to throw you in here. The head of the Department of Health, the head of mental health in Erie County, and the head of um, alcohol and drug and alcohol abuse and the Erie County Board of Health. I'm kind of surprised that you're not coming out against this bill because of the deleterious effects it's going to have on our community. And you know that. But you also know that 63% of Pennsylvanians support it. So politically, it's advantageous for you not to say anything or to come out and and, and propose legislation. But I'm going to repeat what you said, Joel, about why Senator Street and Senator Laughlin have come out for this. It's a billion dollars of increased tax revenue. Why do we need a billion dollars more? It's just a billion dollars we're going to spend. Florida has a $20 billion excess. So the question is, why are we constantly raising revenue and raising it? It's called addictive revenue. You know, we used to tax cigarettes, right? Mm-hmm. And now those, that addictive revenue is gone. We taxed alcohol, and that addictive revenue is gone. But, I mean, Buzz, what's with the Pennsylvania State Legislature that we always have to gambling, you know, raise money. And yeah. Gambling, you know. Yeah, this this concept of making money, like the sin taxes, if you will, they seem to be directed towards kind of the least of these in society. Uh, it's all directed towards that. If you go up to the casino, <clears throat> oh wait, I was out of the Senate 
when all the casino stuff happened. Is but that right? this was something that was going to improve our lives in Erie County. We were going to have so much we were going to be able to do for the homeowner. It doesn't do anything for a homeowner. Unless you, unless you live in Summit Township, you're, you, that's where your yeah, taxes you're are low, good. right? You do pretty uh, good there. Uh, but let's see. Uh, if you form a nonprofit and you can get money from, yeah, right. from the agency yeah. that hands out millions of dollars, yeah. then you're going to do good off of gambling. Uh, in my opinion, they could put a, uh, a sub-office of uh, uh, the welfare office right outside the casino wow. uh, to help with the poor people that spend all their money there. And that's what happens. I, this isn't a rich man's game up there. And what they've done with gambling in Pennsylvania is let corporations from out of town come in and uh, take the money out of Pennsylvania. Oh, you can go up there and get a job. And some of the jobs might be okay, but uh, every bit of profit, bang, it's out of this state. What about this concept, though, that uh, that we're surrounded by states that are legalizing marijuana and they're going to get, you know, if you, if you live in, in Somerset County, you'll just go to Maryland and they'll get the taxes or you live like we do in Erie County or in Warren County. We'll just go to Jamestown and they'll get the taxes because they're they're uh, they're approving recreational cannabis. I don't think uh, I don't think we should go for people's weaknesses to say we're a stronger society. And let me answer that too, Joel. So if New York has a sales tax, right? Yeah. Why don't we? I mean, New York has one. Why don't we get a sales tax? Because it's not politically popular, right? Okay. And it gives, it gives Pennsylvania an advantage when it comes to well, it does. You know, but I mean, people shopping me, here. You know, yeah. If New Jersey and New York are passing cannabis laws and yeah. if they're bringing all the revenue in, well, you know, then how about if California just passed a cocaine legislation. I think for 60 days they're going to do cocaine and see how it works. Okay. So, and that's going to raise revenue. Well, let's say New Jersey did that. Why don't we do that? How about opiates? I, I mean, where does it stop? I mean, listen, the Washington, D.C., I don't know what New Jersey is. You know, seven states in this country have late-term abortions. So a minute before the baby is born, you can abort them in seven states. Okay. So... Why isn't Pennsylvania doing Why do we always have to follow other states? That's yeah. not necessary. And I, maybe you can answer that, well, Buzz. I, uh, I just would like to interject one thing about marijuana, all right? So you get a medical marijuana card. It's, it's relatively easy, all right? Uh, and I'll vouch not, for that because I, anybody who came to me and they had a legitimate complaint, I don't think I've ever refused referring a piece of person to get a medical marijuana card. So you're right. It's yeah. more than easy to get yeah. medical well, marijuana. All you have to say is I'm anxious. All right. You right. get on a yeah. website, you talk to a doctor right then and there, bang, you got it. It takes mm -hmm. two weeks. Mm -hmm. But uh, what I was trying to get to is it's illegal. You drive a car and you got weed in your system, any amount of THC in your system, you have a DUI highest rate. Wow. All right. You, you get a couple of those, you can go to state prison. All so right. you, just to be clear here, you're saying that it's a binary thing. Either you have THC or no THC. Yeah, any amount will do. Be, that's different than drinking where you have to – if you have one drink and you, you come in at .02, you're not, you're not drunk. But, uh, but if an officer testifies you were incapable of driving – 
then you can actually matter. you can actually be convicted, and I've had that happen on uh, on a on a lower than a point oh eight. You know? Oh yeah, on a point oh six. Seriously, yeah. Hey, well. yeah. But I think a lot of people who have the medical marijuana card feel that when they they're pulled aside, and I'm getting it. off my medicine. Right. But, yeah. No, that's it. They pull out their card, and it's you know pass go. You know, do, yeah. do not go to jail. You know, pass. Yeah. It, it, it's not like no, that. It's is not it? Like no, it's that. not like that. Uh, I've had a number of clients. I've done a lot of DUI work. Yeah. And uh, they come in. Well, I showed them my medical marijuana card. It doesn't count. All right. You're still not allowed uh, to operate people, a vehicle. <laughs> people have appealed this. All right. Yeah. And the Pennsylvania appeals courts have said no. Uh, medical marijuana does. You know, Title 18 of the Vehicle Code, Schedule One, Schedule Two drugs. It's on there. It's a violation. And the medical marijuana card, uh, you can be whistling Dixie. It doesn't matter. Uh, again, you're 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 um, presenting what what the what uh, the proposed legislation uh, for adult use recreational adult use cannabis, and, and some some of the some of the re, you're trying to refute that. Uh, some I of am. Those points, I, right? um, I wanted to just, uh, in fairness to Senator Laughlin, what his proposal, I wanted to point out some of the things that he had said um and, and you know if a staff or, or or anyone listening um sometimes there's censorship of some of the things i put on on cannabis and so i don't think that's fair i think everybody should see both sides yeah so the censorship on facebook or wherever really um i think is just you don't want to do that anyway senator laughlin said he and i don't think he has never voted for taxes, and he promised he would never would vote for taxes in Erie County. And that is very laudable. I mean, you know, I don't think he has, and I think he's kept his promise. And I, I think that's, you know, something we all appreciate. But what's the difference if you support legislation with marijuana, and it's very, it's taxed very heavily because the government, it's a controlled substance, right? I mean, one of the reasons Congress doesn't pass legislation to permit it to be you know, um, legal is because they'll lose billions of dollars of taxation if they make it legal because then they can't tax it as much. Mm -hmm. So that's their hesitation. But the bottom line is he is taxing it. He's taxing people who are going to use it. Uh, it's like a gas tax. I mean, you could say, well, I'm adding a tax on, but you know, uh, it's only for the people. So I'm not really taxing or, or, or making tax legislation. Well, yes, you are, you know, for people who use gas. They have to pay a tax. People who smoke pot, they're going to pay a tax. So you can't, he can't say, I am never voted for taxes. He is adding on a huge tax. These dispensary owners, they make anywhere between 200000 and $1.2 million. Now, Rise and what's the other one? Glow or whatever it is. Yeah. The owners make that much money. And so, you know that um, you know the taxes are being used for that and for other corporations. Plus, you're gonna a lot of this money is gonna go to rehab, and I'm gonna show you why. But like I say, um, and, and then I don't understand this as much, but I do know that he said that he wants more Pennsylvania farmers to partake in the um, benefits and the revenue from growing marijuana. So he's going to. Um, you know, try to get enlist more Pennsylvania farmers. But the last I looked, it's multi, you know, it's multi-million dollar corporations that, that come in and own the farms. It's a multi-billion dollar business and it's on Wall Street. 
Dr. Rufa, let's keep going here. You're, you're, um, we were we ended up talking about whether or not Pennsylvania farmers would benefit from adult use. I'm going to defer to uh, Buzz because he had tremendous support from farmers. Obviously, he represented a, a mostly farm area, and uh, he understands this whole concept. But for my research. It's mostly corporations that come in and put up the five million dollars that's necessary to get the permit and then to maintain that and also they're extremely regulated. So as far as I know, you know, I don't see how smaller farmers are going to be able to support or even start, you know, um, pot farms and sustain them. Yeah, well, let's say let's say you're farmer Nick out in uh, Corey and you got a couple hundred acres there. Uh, first of all, you're not going to get any permit money and nobody's going to lend you the permit money. What happens and what happened with the medical marijuana, it, the corporations from out of state outclassed, outmaneuvered, outlobbied everybody in Pennsylvania to grow uh, marijuana, to have their own little enclosed weed plants. Mm. Now, if you want to grow it out in the field, <laughs> Out in California, where people are growing it in the field, they have to uh, police their property because people come in and take their own uh, harvest <laughs> illegally every oh, night. Yeah. And well, banks can't lend money, can they, to people who want to grow pot? I mean, it's illegal for bank. You can't deposit pot money into a bank because it's a it, it, federally it's illegal. So I would imagine they can't lend money to grow well, pot. I, I guess you'd have to just find a, la a local savings and loan. But but the, the problem is, it's an idealistic thing. Every time we come up with. Uh, uh, something, uh, as I said, you're dealing to people's weaknesses, saying, oh, this will be good right. for everybody. And every time we come up with that, we say, oh, it's to help the farmers or it's to help the small business. The horse racing industry. The horse yeah, racing yeah. industry, which is, uh, comes in uh, completely from out of state. Mm -hmm. All right. Completely from out of state. Yeah. Uh, the trainers, the riders, the drivers and that. And maybe they buy some local hay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know. Uh, <laughs> we're, now we're talking about the hay industry. Yeah. I, I, I want to move on here. Let's, okay. let's talk about the, though, that the, you know, that uh, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, he went through 67 counties yeah. and well, had this overwhelming, supposedly this overwhelming support from Pennsylvanians for uh, recreational adult use. I don't know Lieutenant Governor Fetterman. Um, I, all, all I know is I've read about, you know, what happened to him and we certainly uh, hope him the best. He it was my understanding that he had an irregular heart rate. I think it was atrial fib because he had a stroke from that. Yeah. And then um, so it sounds as though he's doing well. He's he's going to continue in the Senate race and I wish him well. Um, but I assume he smokes pot. I don't know if he does or not. I mean, he supports it. I would assume it, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that do you, he does. Do you think that people don't understand all of these ramifications yeah, and, when and they I, support it? Go ahead. Yeah. And, and my point is. Um, it has been shown that cannabis, THC, not only can cause heart attacks up to an hour after using, but can cause irregular heart rate. So let's just say someone smoked pot, had an irregular heart rate, which it can cause, and we know that. THC can cause irregular heart rates and atrial fibrillation, then have a stroke. If, if his cardiologist did not recommend for him, if he is smoking if he did not recommend even if he isn't smoking if he didn't recommend not to smoke pot at all 
he would if he didn't recommend that he would be guilty of malpractice because you wouldn't as a physician i would say don't smoke period any pot any cigarettes anything mm -hmm. don't smoke so hopefully the lieutenant governor is going to quit if he is doing anything like that you know cannabis or cigarettes hopefully he's going to discontinue that uh, can, I, can I just interject a couple things? We're talking about a lot of statistics here. Yeah. And there's this statistic, and he said this, he introduced that. Mm -hmm. There's a dark side to all of this. And I'm the oldest person in, in the room here. Uh, and uh, in my experience over the years, uh, there's a lot of things that are starters for people. Uh, beer is a starter for people, whiskey. Uh, if you go to Erie County Jail, I would estimate that 80% of the people in there, drugs have something to do with them being in there. And for people who are weak, and I know there's all these people saying, how can you say that? You're wrong. Uh, marijuana is a starter drug. It is a starter drug that can lead to the, uh, uh, the other pill boxes, mm -hmm. to the med medicine cabinet, to everything else. Uh, there are people who do get addicted and people don't want to say oh that's absolutely crazy no it's not crazy and uh in my experience in my legal experience i have seen the heartbreak this has caused the uh, families that have ba basically gone right down the ladder of economic uh disaster uh, fathers uh, or mothers they get picked up they had uh they had a little weed in them all right and bang uh, when you see a billboard that says a DUI can cost you $10,000, believe it, they're not making that up. Yeah. Uh, uh, one, of the, one of the most uh, often said things to uh, my clients who do not smell of alcohol, if you have one beer or 10 beers, when you roll down the window of your car, it's going to smell the same. It's going to smell like a brewery coming out of there. <laughs> but if you roll down the window and don't smell anything, and it's 2.30 in the morning, and you're in a Dodge Ram pickup truck, more than likely the officer is going to say, I know something's wrong with you. You better tell me what's wrong with you. I know there's something else. Don't wow. make me find out, or it'll be worse for you. Yeah. And then they cough up, and they say, well, two days ago, I smoked a joint. That's all he has to hear. Bang. You got a blood test. You got THC in you because it's going to stick around for 30 days. And you got about $10,000 before everything is said and done. And I think we're all for decriminalizing pot. There, I don't think if you're walking down the street and they catch you with pot. I, I don't. And when I worked at Gateway, I never thought it was right that if someone had a burglary charge and then they had used pot and they had pot in their system now they get thrown back in jail and they do another you know one year what well, now you have their family that has to go on welfare they have to go on food stamps the father's not there anymore I, I don't think criminalizing it is the right way to go but legalizing it is encouraging its use it's encouraging addiction is what it's doing it and people oh how can you say that easy i see it and so do i what so, are the reasons? Yeah, ahead, what, are the re what, what are the reasons? Well, I was going to ask people, you, okay. why should people use? I mean, there is, you started with the saying that there is some benefit in a medical sense, right? There is. Um, I, and I think it's exaggerated. There's 17 reasons or diagnoses that you can use. Uh, and I'm not going to you know, throw a buzz city, anxiety and pain and seizures and those sort of things, uh, myalgias. There, there's a whole list of things which, um, which anybody can have and everybody can get the medical card. So medically, the nice, the good thing about medically is it's monitored by a physician. It's limited. A pharmacist monitors it. And basically, it, it's something that a physician has oversight on. So someone is being followed 
by a healthcare professional when you go on medical, and it does help people. Mm -hmm. The point is, 31% of people who use it use it to get high, you know. And the problem is, it's recreational. And so, what you're saying is, you know, well, I use it to get high, um, but there's other ways as a family physician to get high. I mean, exercise, mm -hmm. you know, eat right, go to church and pray, go out and have fun with your friends. You know, you don't have to get high, high. Kind of make those uh, yeah. hormones, those endorphins uh, uh, go and, and give you that better experience. Yeah. And, and the problem with pot is it makes you numb and dumb. <laughs> I mean, it, you yeah. know, basically, you sit on the couch. I talked to two kids yesterday in high school. They were helping me with my mom's yard. And I said, you know, what happens to the kids, your friends who use pot? He said, oh, they're so dismotivated, unmotivated. They don't pursue anything. They don't go to sports. You know, and these are people who use it chronically, not just right. joint on a Friday night or something like mm -hmm. that. It disinhibits. Human beings have two parts to our brain, cognitive and emotional. I mean, we have a lot of parts, but cognitive is really what defines us differently from animals. I mean, we have a cognitive portion. Once you disinhibit that cognitive person, now you're disinhibited it. So bottom line is if you sit there and say, I don't think I'm going to work today. Cognitively, you don't say, well, I can lose my job and I'm not going to have enough money and blah, 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 blah. No, I'm not going to work. You, you're cognitively not thinking it through. You're going with the emotional. If you're sitting there with a girlfriend or with a girl and a date and you say, you know, normally you would say, well, we shouldn't have sexual relations because, you know, I don't know her and I don't have protection and whatever. But if you smoke joints... You're going to get disinhibited. What are you going to do? You're going to have sexual relations. Oops, you got pregnant. Oops, and you wear a condom. Now that woman is either going to have a baby or get an abortion. I mean, it disinhibits you to make bad decisions. And, you know, I, I think when you... Um, your bad, your bad decisions can lead to jail time. Also, I, and I don't mean to keep bringing that up. Right, but, right. But uh, you get stopped. You get arrested. You get tested. Uh Bang. Yeah. And, you know, 10% of people who use cannabis have what's termed cannabis use syndrome. Okay. Use dependence. Basically, it's addiction. Okay. But okay. you've got to use the, you know, the, the, the politically the, correct term. Yeah. But they become addicted. And the bottom line is, psychiatrically, they hurt. And there's a lot of problems. Let's talk about, and I'll get to the, the medical uh, issues in just 30 seconds, but let's mm -hmm. talk about the mass shootings that have gone on in Uvalde, Parkland, Tucson, Arizona, Colorado, Parkland. If you remember all those mass shootings over the past 20 years, do you know what they all had in common? And interesting enough, Uvalde, the shooter, the New York Times did an article and basically said that he was mad because his grandmother wouldn't let him smoke pot in the house, but they took that out about three days later and retracted it. Okay, not because it was wrong, that it was the narrative, okay? And here's my Republican coming out, but it was the narrative, okay? But anyway, all of those, what they had in common was all of those shooters used pot. I and again, you're not you're not saying that all shooters will be, sh or all, all cannabis users will be shooters, but... But it can cause a mentality of violence, not all, not all. Yeah. For instance, I didn't grow up in the Vietnam War, Buzz, but I heard about it. You did. Yeah. And you almost got drafted. Yeah. I heard that before a lot of infantrymen went into battle, they smoked pot because it made them more aggressive. Uh, it was the most widely used uh, substance, either for sedative or any other, uh, mm -hmm. any other use. Yeah. And uh, 
there was a lot of pot usage, and uh, it was it wasn't uh, wasn't condoned, or was it not condoned? It was just used. Yeah, and and this is so. Let's get to the meat, Joel. You know, let's talk about the mental health. As I said, ten percent of people worldwide worldwide experience the cannabis use disorder, and I'm going to shoot off a lot of stats. Go ahead. Twenty percent of cannabis users get depressed. Okay, so mental health-wise, and these are kids and adults, they get depressed. And depressed has, you know, consequences. 10% have suicidal thoughts or attempts. I have a um, document, not a documentary, but an interview that was on TV a couple nights ago about a woman, a mother, whose son went to a party, 18-year-old son, he had SAT scores, 800 over 800 on his math, wow. perfect scores. He went to a party. His mother actually was having using medical marijuana and brought some home, and the kids got a hold of it and dabbed it. Now, I didn't know what dabbing was, but I learned dabbing is basically extracting the resin and the oils from the leaf yep. and then inhaling that. Wow. So he was getting a double dose. So he got addicted very quickly. Mm. And he couldn't stop. He told him, I can't stop using this stuff. And then it made him paranoid. And he said the mob was coming after him. And finally, he dropped off a, a, a parking garage that was, um, I don't know, six stories high. And he killed himself. The problem is, it may relieve anxiety. But in the long term, it usually makes it worse if you're using long-term use. It's a psychoactive drug. Uh, CBD is not psychoactive. You know, people are going to say, well, how about hemp, you know, and how about, you know, Troyer Farms and they're growing hemp up there. Well, that's less than 0.3% THC mm -hmm. or 0%. I don't right. know what it is up there, but I know that it's legal and it's nothing. It's, it's non-psychoactive. But uh, pot also causes schizophrenia. 36% of people who go on to rehabilitation are going in for cannabis use. Okay, and abuse. Most adolescents between the ages of 12 and 17, that's the age that they get treated. I, you know, I do some work down in Florida as a locum tenens. There's tons of rehabs down there because it's just the place to rehab. And people come into me all the time saying I'm here for um, cannabis addiction. I mean, wow. I can't get off that stuff. You know, there's uh, more students are using it. There's more workplace injuries. It lowers your IQ. Uh, there's more psychotic breaks. So you're basically saying that the the uh, a lot of this this uh, what's the word uh, you know a stoner is a real thing. Basically, it's oh, not yeah. it's not just a, a you know a joke from Hollywood. It it's it's reality for a lot of people. What we're used to watching on TV is the stoners from the 70s. That, yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah, Cheech and Chong kind of thing. Yeah, hey, dude. Yeah. Ain't that way now. It's when you smoke it, it's like heroin or fentanyl. I mean, look at what drug... Senator Laughlin, look at the harm that drugs have done in our community already. Fentanyl is pouring across the border. There's more kids or more people less than 50 years old who die from overdose than from COVID. Okay, look at the two wonderful community citizens that were up at the Family First Park that yeah. had a you know bad uh, occurrence with with drugs and I, I mean why are we pushing more drugs you know it's interesting it actually shows that young kids who start using pot and they will it, it trickles down so what happens is when you have legalized pot it's like legalized alcohol it starts trickling down to the kids and when the kids start using pot it changes their hippocampus in their brain mm -hmm. and they found that 
even after they stop using it in their 20s, that that hippocampus does not fully grow back. And these kids have so much more greater, you know, ADD and depression. And, you know, the surprising thing I found out in our research was that 7% of pregnant women smoke pot, and that has long-lasting consequences on their kids and on their pregnancy. Wow. And, you know, I, again, how can I, as a legislator, and I'm not picking on Laughlin, I'm picking on Bizarro, I'm picking on Davis, you know, how can I, as a legislator in this community, support anything that's going to cause anybody any harm? And you can't tell me it won't cause any harm. It does. The stats are out there. Um, and it also causes, you know, there's, uh, there's the risk of COPD as well. Um, yeah. uh, it, it, the thing about pot is it has as much tar as cigarettes, but it has 50 more carcinogens and can cause lung cancer, bronchitis, infection, COPD. And, and, and the interesting thing about the CDC is, you know, they say, um, you know, follow the science, follow the science, follow the science, uh, you know, get your vaccines, which is good. Uh, you know, wear the mask this way, wear three masks, wear two masks, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's crazy, you know, through COVID was just a, such a political thing. Right. And it was crazy for us physicians. So everyone says follow the science, but the CDC recommends not to legalize marijuana until we more know more about the side effects and the medical consequences. So that's the current stat, uh, status of the CDC is that's their to current not recommendation, it. right? And it is it is right, Buzz. It's still a considered a federal like class yeah. A drug or yeah, something. It's, that? It, yeah, it's on the list. It's on it's Pennsylvania's on. list. You know, it's okay. a, you know you're you're on a list. Uh, yeah, uh, class one, class two drug. Yeah, all right, and. Uh, uh, Unless you're going to change absolutely everything, which I don't think they're going to, mm -hmm. uh, you have people driving, people getting stopped, and keep people getting arre yeah, that's, arrested. That's really the the contagion. There is that DUI situation. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's not follow the science with pot. It's follow the money. You know how much money? It's an eighty-three billion dollar industry in twenty twenty-six. Wow. 83, and so, you know, everybody's looking at the money for their revenue. But the problem is, you know, 36 states already have recreational marijuana. But, you know, the social consequences, mm. there's going to be, research shows, an increase up to 7,000 more motor vehicle fatalities expected. My wife's brother and father died uh, from a person who, had, who was on pot and on, on alcohol. So uh, this is pretty close to us. Miller babies are physically impacted, more missed work days, more children in the ERs with marijuana poisoning. You want to grow it at home, well, what's going to happen? You want to get edibles at home, they, they swallow it. More ER patients with cannabinoid highs, homelessness, more broken families. I mean, it, it just, and you can see that in Colorado, the crime rate increased by 15% compared to 5% for our country, and the murder rate increased 7% compared to minus 2% for the country. And so... The bottom line, Joel, is, yeah, medical marijuana is good for some people. I think it's overused, and I think people who, you know, um, want to use it get the medical card. It, and, the bottom, and people are going to say, well, it's better than going out and getting pot on the street, which could be laced. And they may be right. And if you need to smoke pot, then just go get a medical card because I guarantee you, you'll get one. You can go down to the rise and that doctor will give you a medical card before you come through the door. I mean, mm -hmm. bottom line is if you need to smoke pot, get the card so that you could be medically monitored. But once you do it recreationally, 
it's out of control. And everybody and it encourages people. I mean, if it's recreational and it's passed, then the laws are passed. It just encourages people to do what was passed. And so, I, there, there is. I don't understand why he is. You know, I, I don't know. I don't understand why he's supporting this. I mean, I, yeah. and why he's even introducing. And he, it's not only this. I mean, Laughlin is just like going crazy with pot. He's on edibles. He's on growing legislation, edible legislation, recreational legislation. I don't, well, what it's is pop, it? It's popular. That's why. You know, everybody goes for, you know, like, what's the next most popular thing? All right. Uh, we went from uh, outlawing gambling, uh, raiding stores, all right, that had uh, little slot machines in it, to uh, having this ascension of casinos. It's mm-hmm. popular. Well, how about PAC money, Buzz? How much do you get from PAC money, like from cannabis companies? Uh, I didn't get any because I wasn't <laughs> Not around. You. But, uh, <clears throat> but uh, it's... Uh, Is there a limit? That a corporation can give a. I mean, is there a heavy is there heavy lobbying going on that you guys know? I I don't know. I don't know the lobbying end of it anymore. Oh, there is. There's heavy lobbying. But but there is. All right. I mean, uh, you know, if somebody said what's the most uh, effective lobbying group in uh, across America, I would say insurance companies. Okay. Okay. No, seriously. Uh, I saw that throughout my career. Uh, But. the name of the game is having the right lobbyist who knows the right committee chairman who can hold everything up forever or put your bill up for a committee hearing and move it on the floor. Now, I wonder, Buzz, is he doing this because if Mastriani gets elected, he won't sign it? Oh, I'm sure Mastriano will, uh, won't sign so it. So is he doing it before Wolf leaves? Uh, no, he's doing it because it's popular. All right, that's why people do things. It's popular. Uh, he's there. We're with Senator Street. Boy, am I, am I past myself here? I served with Senator Street's father, Milton Street. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Uh, but but any, uh, it's a popular issue. So let's all get on the bandwagon with it. And it makes you look, uh, although he's a conservative Republican, it makes him look like a liberal Democrat. So let's all get in the middle of the road. Uh, you got to stand for something. And yeah, but, uh, uh, but people straddle, I, I, straddle I, I, for I think everything. The, 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 the concept of of missing this you know what do they call it foma the fear of missing out there are there is literally a billion dollars worth of tax revenues that somebody's going to get yeah and so what so what they do then is just take those tax revenues and give another $2000 like wolf wants in stimulus money only to increase inflation i mean how much money can you get like i say Florida has, there's like six states that have multi-billion dollar reserves. What's wrong with our state? I mean, why are we always raising revenues and always are broke? I mean, what the pro- what's the problem? It, it's, it's, it is so, it's very complex. Yeah. When you have 2,137 different government entities, when you have hundreds and hundreds of school districts that duplicate their services, right. uh, when, when you have... Uh, if you go to eastern Pennsylvania and you go for 50 miles, one municipality after another after another, duplicating everything, when people are afraid to just have an economy of scale, uh, that's why you spend all this money. Let's kind of get to the solution side, gentlemen, as far as, uh, again, um, it seems to me that uh, a lot of the felt need here is, is uh, again, as, as it's been presented to me, uh, a, a desire to to not lose out on on tax revenues from other states, right? 
and to be able to maybe uh, redirect some of this revenue to lower corporate tax. Now, again, uh, let's, let's go to you, Buzz, okay. as far as... Uh, Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, I mean, PA is kind of known as kind of a, an anti-business climate. Do you resonate with that at all or no? Uh, well, if you want to say it's anti-business and that's one of the definitions they have out there, well, that's fine. But PA was let's help the farmers by have legalized gambling. Well, I don't see farmers uh, uh, renewing, you know, all their farm equipment or anything else. Uh, or here's here was one of my favorites. Okay, okay. Well, let's have let's have pot to help the corporations. I don't know if that's going to do it or not. Right. Uh, the one I like the best is gambling. Let's help all these old people in Pennsylvania. Right. We yes. have the lottery. The lottery. We have that yeah. Gambling. Uh, SEPTA, Southeastern Pennsylvania Transit Authority, gets uh, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Uh, the Erie Transit Authority, I'm pretty sure it's millions and millions of dollars. They run buses all over Erie County that are empty unless there's a school, they're hauling school kids. We have a bus terminal that goes from French Street to Parade Street to house and service buses. And a major part of their income is senior citizens. We gotta give them all a free ride. If you wanted to help senior citizens, you could give them all a phone and give them an Uber account and other people could really make some money instead of doing what we're doing. Uh, it's a false narrative. To me, it's a false narrative. You're gonna, you know, I never saw any uh, my mother got a couple hundred bucks uh, because she owned the house. All right. For the homestead exemption, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and stuff like that. You got uh, Meals on Wheels, a minor program mm. compared to everything else. All right. They rake it off at the top for transportation. Uh, the Lyft program is probably the only good program because you can mm -hmm. actually schedule a ride. Sure. But the best one I like is, oh, they, they, they'll tell you they have a million senior citizens every year in Erie County taking free bus rides. I don't think so. Uh, so what I'm saying in comparison, did, uh, uh, did it really help uh, the poor people? Yeah, a little bit. Did gambling really help uh, the farmers? Well, yeah, they sold some hay is taking uh, weed, everybody smoke weed so we can help our corporate fathers. I don't think that's gonna happen either. Weigh in on this, uh, Dr. Roof, uh, because uh, again, what, what about this concept about the fear of missing out? Fear, you know, I mean, that the, that the taxes are there and New York's going to do it. So, and we kind of talked about this earlier in the first hour, but that, that seems that seems to be the driver here. Yeah. Well, I think you know, in today's uh, culture, you know, the the bottom line is fear of missing out on what? I mean, fear of missing out on the on the money. I look at it as a physician. I mean, I don't know how politicians think, but as a physician, I look at it as. 10% of these people that are using pot are essentially getting addicted. And, and and many are going on to heroin, to fentanyl, to cocaine. So what is Senator Laughlin, what is Ryan Bizarro, what are Brent Davis, what are they thinking? I mean, why would you want to compromise people's health and even increase your social services here, you know, uh, and, and spend more money in rehab? You, you really see that correlation between that we'll have higher 
human service costs as as addictions rise. Oh, I don't only see it. I, I read it. It's research. Colorado has happened. You know, it's happened in Colorado. It happens all over. We're seeing that, you know, the rehabs are just down in Florida are just, you know, booming with marijuana patients because the marijuana is... It's something you can't get off. I mean, this is so strong, this stuff. And people understand, and again, for those who are older out there, this ain't your Woodstock pot. Okay, this is heavy stuff. And, you know, kids who smoke it get paranoid, get schizo, get addicted. And, and the problem is we don't have any medicine. We have medicine for alcohol. Okay, if you want to quit drinking... I can help you get off it with medicine. If you want to smoke, I mean, if you want to um, get off cigarettes, I can help you with that. Cocaine, I could even help you with, and I can help you with, um, uh, pot, I mean, o opiates. There is nothing out there, and they're doing research to help you with cannabis addiction. And so, you know, what happens with the dopamine system is so you, you get that high, that 98% high, and now, after a while, You've gone with the dopamine system. It goes up, it goes down, and you get depressed because it goes down, so you got to get it up again. But after a while, you equilibrate, and you don't do anything, and you get depressed, and you can't get that high anymore. So what do you do? You move on to drug number two that gets the high. You know, the problem with, you know, I, I, I just, I wish Senator Laughlin, Ryan Bizarro, would sit down in the community, because I understand, you know, Senator Laughlin, uh, was against drugs several years ago. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if a PAC came up and gave him a million dollars or what, but the bottom line is, and I don't even know if he smokes pot, um, but the bottom line is he should sit down with community members, with people like, and he probably wouldn't want to sit down and talk to me, but I mean people like me, you know, who are in addiction medicine and whatnot, and say, tell me about the ill effects because it's changed since 2019, since he was elected. What What is... Um... What is the, the stand, like in, in your field, in your field of addiction medicine, uh, is what Colorado did and Oregon did and California did, is that, is that considered really a detriment or, or are they just kind of dealing with it? Like when uh, you read your journals. Yeah, well, you know, the journals are just, I mean, there, there's the conservative journals, there's the liberal journals, and there's there's a lot of people who are, you know, medical professionals who feel medical marijuana is okay. 98% of them did, you know, when it got passed. So they felt medical marijuana was appropriate. I, I felt it was okay for some instances, not 17, but I thought it was okay for some. Uh, at this point, I think people are re realizing the medical profession more and more that it just, um, it, you know, is something that's causing more problems medically. You know, it's interesting. I speak with a lot of Republicans, um, both here and in Florida, and uh, especially in Florida, where, where I go back and work uh, a little bit. And maybe it's Republicans I hang around with, but, you know, they're against the pot today. They were for the pot of yesterday. I but see. they know, and maybe Florida, because it has so many rehabs, they see. I think if we look, I know, you know, everyone has an, you know, either a member or extended member of their family or a close friend who has had harm from pot or who used pot. Because I had, I had a person who I, you know, was coming to the house and doing some work and told me that their son just committed suicide. I said, what Jeez. happened? They said, fentanyl overdose. I said, started with pot? Yep. Started with pot. Wow. You know, you don't go straight to fentanyl. I mean, some people do. But bottom line is... Uh, you start there, and when you start young, you get addicted easier, and you get sicker easier. What about this concept, too, 
I keep on hearing this argument that let's take it out of the black market. Let's take it out of the illicit market and make it illegal. I mean, Buzz, I mean. There's a great argument, except now you're just transferring the problem. All right. You're you're saying, okay, uh, it's all. But we can we can we can regulate it. We can test it. We can make sure that it's uh, it doesn't have impurities or that it's it's done over a rigorous uh, production. It sounds all good. Let me tell you how we regulate uh, alcohol. We arrest people. We arrest them every day, every month. In Erie County, to regulate alcohol, we arrest between 100 and 200 people a month. A month. All You're right. talking about uh, driving under the influence. Yeah, on right? okay. DUIs. That's how right. we regulate alcohol. All right. Uh, but you know, Buzz. And we're going. Well, but what I'm going to say is, we're going to end up regulating uh, pot the same way. All right. You're going to say, okay, it's legal for everybody. We're just going to arrest more people. Yeah, and you know, when I've had patients coming on a medical marijuana, they come in and I say, you doing okay? Uh, and they say, well, I'm not going to the dispensary anymore. I'm buying it on the street. I said, but you have a card. I can't afford it. That stuff is expensive. It's real expensive. I mean, because they're versus, versus the black market. Black market, it's yeah. cheap. Yeah. Wow. It's cheap. So people, even who have a medical card, can't get it because they can't afford it. So it, your argument is one that's presented very frequently. But yeah, yeah. the bottom line is if you need to smoke pot, if you want to do it for a high, you're doing it inappropriately. I mean, even using alcohol to get drunk or get a high. I mean, any of that is just a substitute for whatever pain or hurt or some spiritual deprivation that you have in your life. And I understand that because we're human and we all do that. And even the Bible says, you know, we're going to go through that. Seek another way to get your high. Okay. If you ever jogged, it's the greatest high on earth. If you ever swam, it's the greatest high on earth. Okay. Don't get high off drugs. If you need pot, get a medical card. What's wrong with that? I mean, you know, and the problem is, you know, like the Chinese, they just bought 110,000 acres in Oklahoma to grow pot. Why would they do that? Why would they do it? To make money? They don't need to do that. They're making $600 billion a year off us anyway. They're doing it to destroy our, our, our country. You know, they're making, they bought 110,000 acres So you're, acres you're saying like the 30,000-foot the, the view here is kind of the, 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 the disintegration of the cultural norms and the cohesiveness as a community. Uh, the cultural norms are being taken care of uh, by us degenerating ourselves by different addictions, wow. whether it's video games, mm-hmm. which I absolute bane of society gives you the uh, to alcohol. All right. And, you know, I'm not a teetotaler here mm-hmm. uh, to hard drugs, to starter drugs. Uh, and that's where a bane that's the bane of our society. And, and we've all decided uh, in many instances to. Uh, digress into this yeah and added on to that i read an article in the paper the other day bishop persico you know there was a bunch of changes with priests in the in the area 36 priests that got reassigned and he had it was quoted that in 2016 from 2016 to today the attendance at church was down by 40 40.6 percent so almost half of the catholic community from 2016 to today, does not attend church. Now, that doesn't mean if you don't go to a building, you can't worship God, but it does mean that a lot of people 
We've lost God in our family. We've lost God in our society. We've lost God in our country. And I think when you lose God and you lose the one of the, one of the preachers I saw on TV basically went through, says, you know, there's four restrictions on, on humanity. Number one is basically, you know, uh, morality. We, everyone in the world knows about morality, you know, and, and we all try to abide by it. But that was broken down. Then consciousness. We all know that murder is wrong. And, 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 and that's been broken down because there's so many murders. Then there's family. Family restricts us from doing bad things, but family's broken down. How many? There's, there's in the African American community, there's uh, 70% of them don't have fathers. I mean, tell me about. It. I mean, you know, they don't have family. Why doesn't? Why don't we look at the social problems, and the spiritual problems? Although I know that's not government, but you know, because the last restriction is the police. And now you're defunding the police. I don't know. So I don't know what other restriction there is, but um, the problem is, you know, reality. I, I was I was watching a news show, and Laura Ingram, the whole week talked about how, you know, marijuana is causing violence in this country and other things. And whether you agree with her or not, she she had some doctors on from Colorado, doctors on from, uh, and it was you know, bona fide physicians. She got slammed on social media yeah. saying, you know, it's the guns, it's not the pot. You know, it's, um, you know, the, the people are, you know, pot is an addictive. Pot doesn't make you violent. Mm -hmm. But see, people hear that. And as a country, we're divided as it is. And so there's going to be a divided um, attitude towards pot. Hey, let me, let me well, just go back one thing. Well, well, I go ahead. Very early. Uh, Go down to Erie County Jail, I would estimate very, you know, close, 80% of the people there, it all started with some sort of drug. Yeah. And I think what uh, Dr. Rufa is saying, why do we want to expand this? Right. Exactly. Let, let, let's, uh, let's, uh, we got a call, let's grab a call here. Hey, caller, you're live with uh, Joel Natale and my guests here. Hey, Joel, what's going on there, Kumba? <laughs> Doing okay. <laughs> hey, who do you got? You got Buzz there on the line or what? We have Buzz and we have uh, Dr. Rufa, yes. Hey, Buzz, how about the old iron workers, huh? <laughs> uh, three, uh, hey, Buzz, are you for the, uh, you for the marijuana uh, legalization or what? Are not, you? No, not necessarily. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't actually think it's going to benefit anyone. Uh, uh, medical marijuana, uh, if somebody really needs it, uh, uh, about 30% of the people I represent on DUIs uh, got a DUI because they had a small amount of THC in their system. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't think opening up drugs to everybody and half the people can't maintain it anyway is going to help anyone. I really don't. Yeah, that's going to be. A, yeah, you as an attorney, you know that. You know, I guess it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you could. I guess you could smoke marijuana like about a week ago, and if you still have some in your system and you drive and you pull over for an accident or going through a red light or whatever, they, do, they, they uh, test you. It's in your system for 30 days. That's insane. Easy, 30 days. And, and I said previously here, uh, they'll ask somebody. They'll say, uh, the police will say, well, I know there's something wrong with you. No, 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 I'm okay. Like yesterday or two days ago, I might have smoked a joint, but I'm okay now. That's all they need. They got you, your DUI highest rate right then and there. 
You're right, 100%. That's what I've heard. So I just wanted to check in with you, Buzz. Oh, thanks so you much. Know, uh, appreciate it. Take thanks. care of yourself. Okay, Joel. Yeah, is, is Shani in a cockpit? She's at, well, no. I, she's she's to take she's she's taking a rest here. But thanks so much. Oh, we'll, she needs it. she needs it from yesterday. <laughs> a couple callers, including me. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Have take, a good one. There, take Joel. care. Bye bye. Uh, that's one of my regulars. Okay, so we are literally down to our last three minutes here, and uh, we're talking to Dr. Tony Rufa and, and former Senator Buzz Andrzejewski. You know, it, the bottom line is um, you, you guys are really kind of advocating a, a community conversation on this. That's all I would be asking at this point yeah. is let's talk it through because maybe you don't know the statistics that are out there today, but there's legal, medical, social, psychiatric. There's all sorts of, and I can't imagine Ryan Bizarro, Laughlin, Brent Davis, that they would want to inflict any harm on this community. Right. But I could tell you by supporting this legislation and by introducing it, they're going to inflict significant harm, death, psychiatric problems, suicides, and why would you want to do that to Erie? And again, I, th I think the, the question is, 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 you know, is our society going that way? I mean, is this, is this becoming a new normal? And because uh, well, I'm, 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 I'm afraid of it, honestly. Well, I'm afraid of that idea of being at the stoplight and the stoner is next to me and we don't know what's up, you know. Uh, when you're in public life, sometimes it's real hard to do things. So you have two choices here. You have to make a choice. Do you do what's popular or do, do you do what's right? And what Dr. Rufa is saying, before you do what's popular, look at all of the different options and make sure what is right also aligns uh, with what is popular. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I liked working for him 40 years ago, because the longest years of my life was the year and a half I was a Democrat. <laughs> and that's funny. I, so yeah. I, I, so the day I left was the day I changed back to re being a Republican. <laughs> but here's a Republican who worked for a Democrat because he was pro-life, he was pro-labor. He was for Erie. He was. He went to prep like I went to prep. He went to Gannon like I went to Gannon. We're Erie men, and he was the real thing. And he did what was right. He could have done what was popular, but he did what was right. Well, we appreciate both of you gentlemen coming on the show today, uh, Dr. Tony Rufa and uh, former state senator Buzz Andrzejewski. I think we 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 really wrestled with this uh, with this issue pretty substantially. I appreciate thank, your thank you for having letting me. us talk. Yeah, you've been listening to the Joel Natale Show, Erie, Pennsylvania's daily podcast from TalkErie.com. Subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher and get involved by emailing joel at talkerie.com.